You're listening to Up Your Game, a weekly show designed to turn dreams into goals and goals into reality. Here's your host, entrepreneur and content creator, De Niro V. What's going on, Game Changers? De Niro B here with another episode of Up Your Game. Now, before we dive into the content and we're going to start dropping some value bombs, wanted to ask you to please subscribe to this podcast. If you haven't done that already, it helps me and it helps you stay on top of all the new episodes that we release every single week. Also, if you haven't, please share this podcast with your friends. It's important because if you're on the rise, you want your friends to be on the same page as you are. You don't want them to slow you down, but most importantly, you want to help your circle grow with you. All right, so let's get started. What is going on, Game Changers? The Nero B here with another episode of Up Your Game. Today, I am here with Sam Backyard, the host of the One Percenter podcast. Sam is a doctor, CEO, author, world-class bodybuilder, and multi-millionaire entrepreneur. Now, Dr. Bakhtiar's gym, the Cam Transformation Center, has over 110 locations, and he also owns two different supplement companies. He's written great books like The Total Body Transformation Secrets and Becoming a One Percenter, but Sam's life wasn't always like this. He was raised in Iran during the war in the 1980s, and he moved to the U.S. when he was a young boy. So I'm super excited to interview him. So without further ado, Sam Bakhtiar. How are you doing, Sam? Daniel, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's an honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So first off, you've done so much in life. So before we get into the questions, can you tell our listeners a bit more about your amazing background story? I mean, I mentioned in the intro that you had quite a turbulent upbringing. So can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so I was born in Tehran, Iran in 1973. You know, and, and shortly when I was three years old, my mom and my dad, you know, they separated, they, they, they got a divorce and I never saw my dad again. And shortly after that, you know, we went to war with Iraq, Saddam Hussein, and he was starting, you know, and we were getting bombed on every night on, on a nightly basis. You know, so that was like, that was my first thing, you know, and, I, and not having a dad, you know, we moved in with my, my grandparents. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my, you know, we're living with my grandparents, my uncle, my aunts and all that kind of stuff. And so we were just like a, you know, lower middle class family. And, you know, we were getting bombed on and it was really tough, man. It was really tough. Yeah, I can imagine. Now, once you got to the U.S., things didn't play out as you expected. You were still very young and you didn't feel like you were quite fitting in. So what was going on in your mind back then? Were you disappointed, upset? What was happening in little Sam's mind at that point? Well, we decided to escape Iran you know, because of the war, you know, so we escaped Iran, we went to France as refugees of war. And while I was in France, we were waiting to get approved to come to the United States as refugees of war. And, and I was watching American shows, you know, back then, you know, there were some shows called, you know, Dallas Dynasty. Yes. You know, some of the young people don't know about that, but it's like the Kardashians right now, you know? <laughs> so I was, I was watching all these TV shows and I thought, I was coming to Beverly Hills and everybody has Bentleys and mansions and Cadillacs and swimming pools and things like that. But they didn't never show, you know, that the hood, the bad parts of the country, you know, bad parts of the bad neighborhood. So, so I had this crazy imagination that America is just like everybody's a multimillionaire and everybody has mansions, you know, and it was a rude awakening because my uncle picked us up at the Pittsburgh airport and took us to a little town called Sharon, Pennsylvania, which mm-hmm. was on nowhere 
and it was 1985 where you know the the main industry was shutting down. The main industry was the steel industry. Yeah, yeah. The whole town was going going down a hill. The economy was bad, and he took us to a store which was in the worst street, the worst neighborhood. I mean, the worst. You know, and I look outside the store. There was pimps, prostitutes, and drug dealers, and abandoned buildings, brick roads, and we were the only minorities in that town. There were black people, there were white people, and then there was Sam. Wow, that's intense. And I'm assuming that growing up in that type of environment, especially for people that are look, trying to look for something to do, when you see drug dealers and all that type of stuff, were you ever thinking, well, is this what I'm going to be doing? Or you already knew deep down that uh, you were destined to do different things? I was too young to know what a drug dealer was. And all, that. all I knew they were doing, like they're going on the corner. Later on, I found out they were just like, you know, too naive. So I was 11, 12 years old. I was, uh, all I wanted to do is, you know, go to school, study and play football, football as the world knows football, you know, soccer. (laughs) And, uh, and I went to, um, you know, I went to school, I didn't speak the language, you know, I stood out like a sore thumb, you know, and everybody was like, what are you? I was the only minority. I went to the guidance council. I said, I want to play football. They go, no, that's called soccer. Football is like this. And now I'm devastated. I'm in, I'm in a new country, new school, no friends. I don't fit in. Everybody makes fun of me. And now my favorite sport that I want to play, they don't have it. You know, it's like so totally foreign. I'm like, what am I going to do? So baseball, I don't know nothing about. You know, football, I didn't know nothing about. I really never played basketball before, but I knew that you had to throw the ball in the basket. I knew the object of the game. So I tried out for the basketball team, and I didn't make it. Yeah. Didn't make it. Again, you know, I want your listeners to understand this, you know, because this is called the game changers, right? So, yeah. you know, my game changers was my devastations. My game changers was all the setbacks. And if you look at all through my life, if you look at everything that's happened to me and everything that changed the game for me, it was because of a devastation, because of the setback. Look, if it wasn't because of the war, yes, I wouldn't be here. If, I, if it wasn't because of the dad, not, not having a dad, I wouldn't be the best dad that I am right now and, and, and focus so much on my family. And I go on and I tell you all the other devastations that's coming on. So I started out for the basketball team and I, I was the only person yeah. that didn't make the team. Everybody, I don't know if it was discrimination. I don't know what it was, but I, I sucked. I sucked. I get it. I sucked. You know? so I, I wasn't good at it, but I was the only one that didn't make it. There was other people that sucked. They made it, right? So I remember walking home from school, crying, crying, just crying. You know, I went home. I told my mom, I'm going to go back to my old country. I don't like this. Is this going on? And mm-hmm. nobody likes me. Everybody makes fun of me. Do, do, do these excuses sound familiar? Don't we, yeah. don't, don't we as adults do that too? Oh, work sucks. I don't like the people I work with. Oh my God, it's hard. My boss sucks. This sucks. That sucks. So I was, I was, I was being uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable yeah. and I wanted to quit. I want to go back to my old country. And that's what we do as normal people. As normal people, as soon as something gets uncomfortable, we want to be like, oh, man, let's go back to my, let's, let's reset the thermostat to what I'm comfortable with. So yeah. I'm not talking about where to go. My mom said, we don't, have that, we don't have that luxury. We came here as refugees of war. We can't go back. So here's what, here's what I suggest you do. My mom said, go to school, after school, walk to the boys club, practice basketball, get better and try out next year. 
Mm-hmm. So, so that was the game plan. So I would go to I would go to school. I would go to the boys' club. I would start practicing basketball. I would go home, eat, do my homework, come back next. You know, repeat the process. And so I was going about two months into it, going to this boys' club. I fought, I saw these people in the other room. They're they're coming out of this room, and they're all buff, big muscles, and and great you know shoulders and you know that. And at that time. Now, Arnold movies were out, and 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 Rocky, Silver vs. Road movies were out, and I always wanted to look like that. I'm like, oh, these guys are strong. <laughs> I want to be able to do that. So I started going to this room, and I started lifting a little bit. And next thing you know, after a couple of months, I fell in love because lifting is such a metaphor to life. Yes. As you grow, as you grow, you have to lift heavier and heavier and heavier to 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 uh, challenge yourself. And as you grow in life, your challenges are going to become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But then you're going to understand that for you to get to the next level, for you to get next level, you have to accept that you have to go heavier, which is going to put you in a more uncomfortable position. Yes. So when I was working out, you know, when I saw myself getting stronger, when I saw myself getting, you know, start developing little baby muscles, I understood that, wait a second. I first, the first time in my life, I pushed myself more than I would have. And when I did that, I fell in love with the new me. I fell in love with my new mindset. I fell in love with that I was getting stronger. I was developing baby muscles and I was going somewhere. So when I did that, when I started looking at things more positively, not, not as a victim, and things yeah. changed. Things changed for me. And I went back to school. Next thing you know, I'm having friends. I'm being accepted. Everything around that that just just came all together for me, you know what I mean, and that really, really, you know, that's what helped me. Now think think about it for a second. Have I not got cut from the basketball team? I would have never found out about weightlifting. Yeah. Have I not found out about weightlifting? I would have never became obsessed with it. We would have never had the camp transformation centers and the two supplement companies I'm in right now. I wouldn't be where I am right now. That's super true and honestly super inspiring as well because people go through hardship, but as you said, they try to remove themselves instead of facing them head first. Because a lot of my listeners are either in school or working full time, maybe a job they don't like, but most of them are trying to open a business. So I'm sure they'd like to know how you transition from your successful studies, because at the end of the day, you did go to school anyway, and a potentially amazing career to your entrepreneurial journey that you're still on right now. How was the transition and how can people do something along those lines as well? First, I will tell you this, man. You know, I am so blessed that my passion became my paycheck, my passion became my career. I can't imagine for a second, you know, doing something for the rest of my life that I'm not passionate or not happy about, you know? So if you're listening to this, if you're watching this show, you know, then you gotta be able to change up. You have to change the game. You have to, you know, you, you have it. Life is too short for you to be somewhere for the rest of your life and not be happy about it. You know what I mean? Look, you know, if you don't like something, change it. You're not a tree, you're not stuck. You can be able to walk away from things. You know what I mean? And, and I want you to understand that, 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 understand that, that in life, there's two types of people. People who have hobbies that don't pay their bills, but they have jobs that they hate that pay their bills, but they have to take the job because the hobby doesn't pay the bills. And there are people who found their passion, found their hobby, and found a way for that to become their paycheck. You know what I mean? 
Which one would we rather? And I understand sometimes you know, we're, we're in a transition period in our life where we have to take a job. We have to you know, do something. We have to do something we don't like to be able to get what we want. But do that as a you know, means to an end, not something that you know, you're going to be that. Because if you don't, you're going to keep doing something you hate. Say, you're going to be that 60-year-old guy with a permanent bitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so you get, you got to understand that, you know, do that until you find your passion and for you, you'll be able to be, be able to do that, man. You know, I, I, I got my degree and I got that because my mom said, Sam, I want you to become a doctor. And if you want to be yeah. a, successful, become a doctor. But throughout this whole time when I was going to school, I was personal training people and uh, I, everything I learned in the gym to my clients, I was changing people's lives. Yeah. And I love changing people's lives. And that became so fulfilling for me when somebody comes up and tells me, Sam, oh my God, you know, they, you know, my doctor couldn't recognize me. He was like, what did you do? Oh my God, Sam, my, my, you know, all my cholesterol went down. You know, my, you know, I feel so much more energy. I can run around with my children. Oh my God, Sam, you know, we, we weren't able to have kids, but after I lost 50 pounds, we were able to have kids. You know, so I got addicted to the fulfillment. This episode is brought to you by Phoenix Planner at phoenixplanner.com. I've been using the Phoenix Planner for three months now, and as soon as I started using it, I dropped every other productivity tool I was using. The Phoenix Planner lets me set my three to five year goal, then it breaks that down into a yearly one. Now, once the big picture is complete, it makes you set four quarterly goals, and that's when the real planning starts. Phoenix Planner allows you to schedule weekly, daily, and monthly tasks. It has a monitoring system for tracking your habits, and it works as a journal too. On the daily pages, you can write down your focus and what you're grateful for. Now, remember that gratitude is the key to keeping yourself grounded and in control every day. There are also slots for rating your performance and giving yourself feedback. In a nutshell, the Phoenix Planner is the ultimate planner if you want to take your life and business to the next level. Visit phoenixplanner.com to get 20% off your order. Apply the code PHOENIXDEN at checkout. That is P-H-O-E-N-I-X-D-E-N for 20% off your order. And now, let's get back to the episode. But see, this wouldn't have been here if you weren't consistent with that thing that initially was almost like a hobby. While you're, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that when you were in, in school, like you were still doing this, but it wasn't bringing you in millions of dollars. It was something that you were doing almost from passion, and then you turn it into your business, right? Listen, you have to ask yourself one thing. Here's what I want you to ask yourself, and I want everyone to ask themselves. I want you to ask yourself this. What will you do for work if you had all the money in the world? Yes. If, you were, if you're a millionaire, if you're a billionaire, what would you do for work? And don't tell me, well, you know, if I was a millionaire, billionaire, I would just go to the beach and sip on drinks and all that kind of stuff. Man, you won't be happy. I did that. Two I did weeks that. and then you're... <laughs> I did that for a while. You won't be happy. You need, some, you need a purpose in life. You need something to do. You need to figure out something to do. You know what I mean? And, and for me, you know, if I got a billion dollars tomorrow, guess what? Tomorrow I'll be in the gym. I just came from the gym. I, go, I work out seven days a week. You know, I study nutrition all the time. I study, I'm always trying to figure out how to increase human performance, you know, you know, gain muscle, lose body fat, get stronger. That's my passion. Yes. You know, that's my passion. You know what I mean? Like, like I, ever since I was a little kid, 
my passion was, you know, cars, working out, and the girls. Thank God that yeah. I down down to my wife because that could, that could get expensive. No, 100%. Listen, super inspiring what you said. And I know that a lot of people are motivated by fear and discomfort. You got no job and you look for a job. You got no money and you're looking for money, right? But yes. when you get a business to generate enough money to support yourself, most people, not of course everyone, <laughs> but most people start coasting and taking it easy. So how do you keep on pushing just as hard even when you already have over 100 locations and several other ventures? You were saying that you need the passion, but there's also something else. Listen, man, you know, I'll tell you this right now. If money is the only thing you're after, money is the only thing that, that you want, then once you reach a certain amount of money, and guess what? Guess what? Then you're like, all right, you want to be a millionaire, you can be a millionaire, oh, I can just relax after that. Yes. So you got to chase purpose. You got to chase fulfillment. You have to chase more than just material stuff. You know what I mean? You know, because yes. if, you do that, if you do that, you won't go anywhere. You yeah. won't go anywhere. They're, 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 you know, so for, for me, you know, progress is the most important part. Yes. For me, progress is everything. You know what I mean? You know, I don't care if I live in this mansion. I don't care about none of these cars. I really don't care. I mean, I honestly don't care. All of this stuff is when I was broke, I'm like, okay, when I make it, I'll do this. Yeah. Okay. You know, but now when I'm here, I'm like, dude, I, I don't really care because I'd rather go back to my old apartment. But as long as I'm improving, I'm progressing and I'm making a difference in this world, I'm happy. But if I get up in this mansion and I'm the same person I was yesterday or a week before, I go into a depression. Yes. You know? So it's not about, oh, well, you got all this and you got all that. Is this all this there is? You know, is, is, is this all that it could be? You know what I mean? So, and if you look at all the high achievers, is Elon Musk where he wants to be? No. Does, is Bill Gates where he wants to be? No. You know, does uh, uh, Jeff Bezos where, where he wants to be? No. They're constantly, they don't need more money. They're a, a billion times wealthier than I am. But they don't need the money. They can do it because they love the process. Yes, they love the yes, game. Yes. You got to fall in love with the game. And that's what you want. It's not the money and all the, the stuff you accumulate. It's who you become on, you know, on your way up there. Yeah, if all this shit goes out, if, if all this shit goes away tomorrow, you know what I mean? You know what? I'll, I'll make it a challenge for me to see how fast I can get it back. Yeah, 100%. That's what's for me. No, let's let the pull challenge. That, that, that's, 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 that's fun for me. Yeah, 100%. You know, you can get a, yeah, someone has a million, if you give someone a million dollars and they don't have the mindset, they'll go broke within a year, not even, probably a couple of weeks, really. But if you oh, give yeah. 10 bucks, <laughs> You get 10 bucks to someone that knows what they're doing. They'll turn it into 20, 20 into 50. And then uh, the rest is, yeah, exactly. Listen, I um, noticed because I've been working a lot with other business owners as well. And I noticed that uh, there's been this trend where a lot of businesses have been looking for NCAA athletes to hire because of their mindset and their discipline. Um, so can you tell us a bit more about the power of working out consistently and how it can affect, affect all other areas in your life? Well, look, man, to me, working out was, was my first introduction to discipline, real discipline, and a daily discipline. You know, a lot of people want 
you want immediate gratification. A lot of people want to go work out for a week, two weeks, and, and look amazing. A lot of people want to, you know, you know, grind on something for a couple of weeks and become a millionaire. You know, but you have to understand that things compound over time. It's the little things you do correctly that's going to give you big results over time. You know, and to me, it's not just working out. It's you have to understand that if you want to be successful, you have to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. You know what I mean? And, 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 and so when I'm comfortable, now I'm uncomfortable. It's weird. Like, when I'm sitting down there, I'm like, Watching TV, with, you know, my wife, I'm like, oh man, like this is kind of weird. You know, everything is just like, everything is everything okay? Do I need to read something? Do I need to study something? Do I need to send out an email? Do I need to work on a project? It's weird. But once you program yourself that way, then you have to figure out ways to block out your time and be able to make sure you stick to your schedule. Look, over here at two o'clock, I said, pick up girls. Yeah. Pick up girls and no phone whatsoever. No phone time, yeah. I mean, so I block out time. I said, well, what's important to me? So I grind today from 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. I'm grinding. I'm on my A game. I, I got everything scheduled. But after that, I shut it off. I shut it off. That's a discipline. Just like getting up in the morning at 4 o'clock is a discipline. Yes. yes. That's uncomfortable for me because my natural reaction, what, what do you think I'm going to do? Here's what I'm going to be on this. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. Oh, my God. I'm going to email. But I don't want to do that with my kids around. 100%. No, 100%. I um, wanted to ask you about productivity and process. This podcast is mainly about those two things. And it, to start and scale a business like the ones you have, it takes tremendous focus. So uh, I have a couple of questions. First off, how do your days unfold? So we're sorry talking about that. We'll talk about that more. How do you set your priorities? And most importantly, since you have this beautiful family, how do you fit all these pieces together? Okay. Well, first, the first question, how does my day start? My day start the night before. You know, you can't get up in the morning and be like, what am I doing today? You know what I mean? No, 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 no. You've got to have a, a first eye view. So you saw, you saw my schedule. Yeah. I print out the night before because I'm going to take a look at it. I'm going to look at exactly what's going on. Give, give a little 30,000 foot view of what my day is going to be like tomorrow. Yeah. And then when I know what my day is going to be like tomorrow, I, I text, send a text to my team. Hey, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. Here's what we got to do. Anticipate this. Anticipate this. You know, we have back to back podcast. Make sure we anticipate this. This is, this is where I go. Then I put my clothes out for the night before. You know, I don't want to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and figure out what I'm going to wear at 3 o'clock in the morning. I already put out the clothes the night before, so I know it's already there. I get up, you know, put, put my clothes on. I read my goals, and I listen to my goals. I, I recorded myself, you know, talking about my goals. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so oh. I have my 2020 goals. I have my life goals. While I'm reading it, I'm listening to it at the same time. It's so much more powerful than just reading it. So... I do that, you know, then I come, you know, then I come downstairs, you know, you know, I, I take my vitamins and I head to the gym. You know, I yeah. head to the gym, you know, I work out, you know, about four to six. I head, I, I'm in the office from seven, from seven to three o'clock. I just concentrate work. Yeah. Home at four o'clock from four till then there's no phones, family time, 100%. Wow, that's great. So you do wake up at about 3 a.m.? 3 a.m. Wow, that's amazing. That's... You don't know Because I want to work out. Yeah. Family sleeping. I'm not going to take family time away. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? Go to work and then work out afterwards and then take time away from seeing my family? I'm not going to do that. No, 100%. Because my priority is always my family. Yeah. 
That's 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 the other question. Yeah. If I lose, yeah. if I lose two hours of sleep, I'm going to lose two hours of sleep. No, it makes sense. So, what time do you generally go to bed at the end of the day, like uh, after a long day where you're? I go about nine ten. Okay. Okay. So you don't need that many hours. I always hear there's this thing. I I am almost the same. Not not three a.m. But I do wake up around five a.m. and I and I sleep about six hours, and it's enough for me because I have this constant sense of. It's not stress because if it was something that I didn't like to do, I would call it stress, but it's not because I'm excited to do what I'm doing. So I have the sense of like adrenaline in my body. Do you get that when you wake up in the morning when you're starting your day? Bro, you wake up because your life awake is better than your life sleep. You understand? Yes. The only reason you wake up is because your, your, your time, your life awake is better than your life sleep. You only want to sleep when, you, when your life sucks. And if your life sucks, then you got to figure out a way around it. That's why they say, oh, I can't get out of bed because uh, you know, there's somebody's depressed and all that kind of stuff. You know what? Here's the thing, man. You know, we all go to, we all, you know, going to die at some time. Yes. We're going to die here. But do you want to be awake? Do you want to be asleep, man? I know. 100%. Makes total sense. If, if, if there was a way, a, a, a healthy way for me not to sleep, then I wouldn't sleep. Yeah. You know, it, it, the only reason I sleep is so I can function again to keep going. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's it. If, if, if I could function without sleep, there would be no sleep for me. Because I love life. I love to experiment things. I love to work. I love working out. I love chasing my dreams. Yeah. I yeah, love that's... because it gives me energy to be able to do it again. For sure. That makes sense. Listen, let's talk about future projects. So now you got over 110 locations for your business and several other things going on the side. What can we expect from Sam in the next couple of months to a year or two? So, so you know, my businesses are now like they're grown up. They don't need me. They're already like on, on autopilot. We have vice presidents and field advisors and, and business consultants and Every, you know, so it's a systematic way that it's just grown by itself. It's kind of like a kid that went to college, you know? Yes. And I, feel, I kind of feel like an empty nest syndrome right now, you know, because I'm like, I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? My kid's in college, like, what am I going to do? Like, you know, obviously I have my son, you know, I give my, my new son, you know, all my, I'm all my attention, my kids all my attention, but I need to do something when they're in school and they're doing things, right? So now I started, you know, coaching people, you know, like yes. I said, a big part of my, Big part of my fulfillment is helping other people become successful. So right now, you know, you know, I'm taking some coaching clients and I'm helping them. And it's so fulfilling, man. You know, seeing somebody, you know, progress, seeing somebody grow. Yeah. It's giving me the same feeling that I used to be when I used to train people. I used to change their life by training people. Now I I I I coach them on business. I I coach them on mindset. I I, I help them go to that next level in their life. hundred percent. That makes sense. So like right now, do you do coaching for other entrepreneurs as well, like online or in person? No, I do. I, I do coaching, you know, online. I do it in person. I'm one of those guys that for me, coaching is you do whatever it takes. Yeah. You know, it's not, you know, you know, so a lot of times when people say, well, you know, can I text you? Can I call you? Can I have your phone number? Absolutely. As long as you don't abuse it, you know, as long you don't, you know, call me or, you know, and whatever. But I'm not, it's not, for me, it's not like, oh my God, like you just have this much access to me. No, I'm here to help. Yeah. I'm, I'm little, little, as long as, like I said, as long as you're not abusing it, 
you know, that kind of stuff. Let's get together. Let's figure out what I can do to help. If I can help you, I will help you. I'll do whatever it takes. I, you know, just like in the gym, I'll do whatever it takes. In life, I'm, I'm that type of guy. You do whatever it takes. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Sam, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here today and stopping by. I know my listeners will want to know more about what you do and check you out. So where can people find you online? Really quick, cool. you, you can just Google my name. You know, yeah. Sam, I-T-R-S-A-M-B-A-K-H-T-I-A-R. And all my, all my handles, Instagram, Facebook, everything's the same. S-A-M-B-A-K-H-T-I-A-R. Perfect. Sam, thank you so much for being here today. And I hope to have you back on the show as soon as possible. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you. All right. Have a good one. And this is it for today. Game changers. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to the podcast and you will be the very first person to know when we release new episodes. Also, do not forget to leave a review. It literally takes a minute. It makes my day brighter. And if you send me a screenshot for a limited time on Instagram or by email, you will get a free 15-minute coaching call worth $50. Thank you so much, and I'll see you in the next episode.